not the girl your mom warned you about, her imagination was never this good. It's your favorite girls next door. Welcome back. I'm Becky from the block. I'm Shay. And this is our season finale, y'all. I'm a little sad. Aww. I mean, are you not? No, I'm sad too. I was just going to let you have your moment. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I'm a little sad, but like, this was a little bit more work than I thought it was going to be. And we all know that I don't like to work, but it has been fun. And we go come back for season two. I'm excited for season two. I am sad about season one. I'm not going to bullshit y'all. I'm also ready for a break because like Rebecca said, when we came up with this idea, it was all kicks and giggles. We didn't know it's going to be this hard. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am very, very excited for season two and all of the folks that listen, thank you all. Like y'all came back and listened every week, which is wild. And y'all kikied with us. And mm-hmm. yeah, I feel good about it. I feel really I feel good about good it. Too. Well, since y'all listened to us all season, we wanted to listen to you guys. Cause there's no point in us recapping a season that we did. We know what the fuck we said. So. Exactly. And I stand on it. Cause I said what I said. I said what I said. Okay, honey. Um, so we put a call out to the neighbors and said, mm-hmm. share us some questions, some reactions, and let's just kind of go through that. You know, one big family, it's a neighborhood. It's a block party, virtual block party. It's a virtual block party. Okay. So we got our first write in from tab. And she says, great first season. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Thank you. Wait, um, we got to plug Tab for a second. What's, thanks, Tab, because Tab was one of our Women Crush Wednesdays that donated um, us some gifts that we had some raffles for. So we definitely appreciate you. But go ahead. Yes, yes, all of that. Thank you, Tab. Um, but she said we had a great first season. She said she would like to know, are there any topics that we wish we would have covered this season and any moments that are on the cutting room floor that didn't make the air. Oh, baby. So there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the air. (laughs) (laughs) Mainly also because we did try to bring you guys quality. So we started recording in like early November, October. We didn't launch Mm -hmm. until January. So that was kind of our trial to like figure some stuff out, figure out how much we was going to share on World Wide Web because we was not trying to be on her and overshare. We had to pick our Mm storylines a little bit. Um, But The Vault is fucking hilarious. The Vault is lit. We got to figure out a way to like put that together so that y'all can hear like our first couple of episodes because yeah. The first they episode are. was so much fun, but the quality is so trash. So we go through it now. When we when we release the vault, don't focus on the production. <laughs> Just focus on what we're talking about. There's water running in the background. We got a cameraman. We can hear the sh- the clicking. It was a lot, but it was good. It was it was great content. Um, <laughs> And that is, that is that on that. We talked about, what was that episode? Cuffing season. That's what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And we talked about dating and it was around that time, you know, that people start getting snuggly with their little folks and whatnot. You know, it gets a little, a little uh, cold outside. Mm -hmm. And that was the topic, but it was a really good episode. It was. It was a really good episode. But then we have, so there are some things in the vault that will probably run back as a topic back to Tabney's question too. Um, because one that I did really enjoy that we had one of our other neighbors on, Crystal, um, was talking about healing from your childhood trauma. And so I think that is definitely oh, yeah. a topic that I do want to bring back with better production quality. Um, but <laughs> I think that's one that I, I'm ready to bring back and kind of have that conversation. What about you? Yes. No, I really did like that one. I remember that one. Um, I liked, we had so many. I can't believe we did that many topics, to be honest. So we did, as we were figuring out how we're going to do this podcast, trying to come up with content, for like a two-week span, we had a segment called Down the Hill. And in that segment... (laughs) 
in this segment, it was like an unpopular opinion segment where you would just give your unpopular opinion. We would talk about it. Um, and I really liked some of those unpopular opinions. We talked about like classic black movies that, you know, just really, they ain't given what they supposed to gave, you know, <laughs> um, we talked about folks having real dishes versus paper and plastic that you serve in folks on. So that was something that uh, is on the cutting room floor that we might release that as well. That segment only lasted about, I think, maybe two or three weeks. But for the two or three weeks that it lasted, <laughs> it was so good. Was good. Some good chit chat. It was. It was. It was. What else? What are things that we didn't get to discuss that we wanted to discuss? Hmm. Mental health was one that we didn't get to do this season. Yeah. Um. I think that this season we really tried to every week bring something to the table. And I think I know after our very first episode, you and I chatted and we came up with like all these ideas. And I think that we hit most of them that we wanted to do for the season. Yeah, we got our little running log. Like I said, definitely the mental health one we said we want to come back to. Um, but we hit a lot of them, which is also, like I said, this is fun and all. But at what point are we going to run out of shit to say? Like, <laughs> uh, that part. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. As you guys know, I'm not a huge podcaster anyways. So um, I need to go back and figure out what the hell y'all been talking about for like a hundred seasons like I don't know maybe it'll come to me but we'll see we have some good bloopers too some good bloopers that are on the the cutting room floor as well <laughs> <laughs> love it yes 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 all right so our next one is an audio submission so we're gonna go ahead and play that good morning neighbors it's Darian Johnson from Memphis Tennessee I must say it's definitely a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I do have a question though. On episode twelve, you guys, I think I think Becky was on to something when she said that is it due to the women's independence movement that marriages don't last long. So my question is is do you guys think that that's the reason that marriages don't last as long? Is it women independence or is it just people don't try anymore? What y'all thinking? I said that. Who said that? You. I said marriages don't last long because of the women's independence. You did not say that that was why per se. You said you posed the question. I'll say that you didn't say that that is necessarily true, but you posed the question. And the way that you posed it, however, was like a devil's advocate. You know, what if this is? What if this is the case? Okay, so now I'm on the spot. Let's see here. Um, I don't think that's why marriages are not working. Again, I am not married, never been married. I don't know. I can barely keep a regular boyfriend, okay? So <laughs> please don't take what I say for gold, okay? But I think in dating, I have experienced that people are just ready to get throwing a towel quickly and especially mm -hmm. around you know people that are my age I moved to DC and I'm meeting all these young you know professionals things like that and half of them's divorced and I'm like what the fuck how are you divorced at 30 years old what is the problem here make it make sense um and it just gave me that mindset that again it's like people I'm breaking up with you well you can't break up in a marriage we in this shit like mm -hmm. if you're mad you can be mad you can go down to the man cave for a second and be mad, but then you're going to bring your ass to bed. That's just how it is. So I really don't know why marriages are or are not lasting. Um, but I will say with this generation, our generation, millennials a little bit, we we are an instant gratification sometimes. And if stuff doesn't work, we'd be like, oop, I'm out of here. Um and that's just how it is. I mean, hell, I just, I did that. Month of May, I'm tired of everybody. I don't want to be bothered with nobody. I have, I'm off of dating sites because I'm not getting instant gratification. I'm not getting a man. I'm over it. It's not working for me. Um, so that would be my thoughts on kind of why there's a high divorce rate amongst millennials 
Um, but I really don't have the answers. Uh, and I, I hope I never have the answer because <laughs> that would mean that I got married and got divorced. Um, but I really, I really want people to find love and work on that love because marriage is not easy. Boyfriend, girlfriend is not easy. Um, but stuff in life takes work. Agreed. Agreed. You could, though, like have a lasting marriage and know why it lasted. So then you could find out that. You can find yeah. Out. Wow. Ooh. Things that I have learned about myself, even in May, um, things lasting is patience. How about that? I don't know why I don't work, but I know things is going to make it work. Patience. Um, understanding a man's ego and pride. Baby, I got a lot of that, too. I should probably go get my testosterone tested, too, because my estrogen Girl. and testosterone levels might be off. I think they are. I think they might be off. Um. But talking to men and talking to women, there are two different things. You have to know how to communicate. So communication and patience, I will say, are two key qualities that would be long-lasting marriages. But how about you tell us? You have a long-lasting marriage? <laughs> I <laughs> um, So I've said this on the podcast before. If I have learned nothing else, that is that everybody's marriage is different. So what works for me in my home, you know, works for me in my home. We happy over here. I can't tell you if it's going to work over there. I don't know. Um, to his specific question, though, about independence, I really, really, really hate that argument. No shade. I just hate that argument. <laughs> I think that if the only thing keeping you in a marriage is dependency, and when I say dependency, I mean for the basic um, for the basic requirements of life. Like if I am dependent on you for basic things like food and shelter, I think if that's the only thing that's holding a marriage together, then that's not really a marriage. I don't think that that's a true partnership. That's not filled with love. That's not anything that I would aspire to have. I think that you can be dependent on somebody for some of those other intangible things. But if I am only with you because I am dependent on you for survival, um, I don't think that either party should want that. Like, I wouldn't want somebody just to be with me because I provide food and shelter. And I don't want to have right. to be with somebody because they provide food and shelter. Um so I don't think that the independence of women is an issue. I do think that there is an issue if you are doing certain things like throwing things in people's faces, but that's a whole different issue. That's not an independence right. issue. That's an attitude adjustment issue. Um, but I would never tell women that building their own wealth, building their own, you know, having their own individual stability is going to be the downturn of their marriage. Mm -hmm. I just, I simply, I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I think you should have to do something other than put a roof over my head to keep me. That's your job. Figure it out. I don't know. Very true. Very so, true. yeah, that's how I feel about that. Because I am a very big, and I feel like I said this on the podcast multiple times. I am a very big proponent of being in a marriage that you want to be in. Marriage is hard and it's hard even when it's perfect like it's hard even when it's mm -hmm. good I cannot imagine being in a marriage and and putting forth all of that work and being miserable at the same time I'm simply <laughs> right. not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it so that is my thought on that I don't think that that contributes to it I think that as men or as other women you know whatever floats your boat you need to provide other things than shelter to keep your mate and if Agreed. your issue is that they're not staying because they're too independent then you need to figure out what you bring to the table other than shelter and food agreed all right next question all right so our next question comes from crystal hey crystal hey boo yes so she says so as a listener i have thoroughly enjoyed listening to you ladies thank you <laughs> Oh, this is good. Okay. But I picked up on a little chemistry between Becky and the travel guy. Two <laughs> little I looking emojis. Boop, boop, right there. Two emojis. And, and, what's the tea? Well, I don't know, Crystal. Why don't you share with us, Rebecca, what the tea is on that? 
what is the tea? Ain't no tea. You guys, we love the travel guides. Josh is an awesome individual. And because I'm awesome and he's awesome, then we have awesome conversations. Maybe that's the chemistry she's picking up on in the pot. I don't know. That's all I got for y'all. I mean, Josh is fine. But, um, yeah, that that's about the extent of whatever chemistry you, you thought was there. Next question. <laughs> We're going to stay here for a second. Um, so there's <laughs> – what I'm hearing is that there's not a romantic chemistry there because I feel like that's what she's asking – and I'd like to give the listeners what it is that they're looking for. <laughs> we gave the listeners what they're looking for. It's, how did this podcast turn into Match Becky? I don't know. Well, it can't be Match Me. So, <laughs> Well, it ain't Match Me either. I think Josh is amazing. If you have not, again, go subscribe to The Travel Guides. He has a great podcast as well. Um, but yeah, that's all that it is. We know each other from college. That's all I got. We're two great individuals. We'll keep y'all updated on that in season two. Maybe there's a first trip date in the future. We don't know yet. <laughs> TBD. But do follow the travel guides. That's G-U-Y-D-E-S um, in his podcast there. But we'll, we'll keep y'all updated on that. Stay on stay on Beck's neck about that so we can, we can figure Please, out what's going on. Please, child, don't stay on my neck. Okay. Next. Ladies, I just want to tell y'all congratulations on a great podcast season. I know y'all put a lot of time and effort. I definitely got a lot of laughs out of it. I love y'all's raw, unfiltered, and intellectual conversations that y'all had the entire time. I know I enjoyed it. But my question would be, what's one thing that you learned about yourselves, either about yourself or each other, during this experience? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll let Shay go first. Oh, okay. Um... Something that I learned about myself. So I am a, I'm not a shy person per se, but I'm not an overly social person. And I'm also not an overly like sherry person in my normal life. Sherry is probably not a real word, but y'all get what I'm saying. Um, and so even though I wanted to do this podcast, well, initially what I wanted to do this podcast and I told them about it. The idea was that we were going to be anonymous. <laughs> we we lost that somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Uh, but the idea was that I was going to be able to come on here and just say what I wanted to say. And nobody was going to know it was me. And that was going to be that. Well, by the time we launched, we had decided like we were going to put our faces on it. It was going to be this whole thing. So after the first episode or maybe the first one or two episodes, I started to get really nervous about what. I was saying, and then we were publishing and not that anything that I said was bad. I'm just very um, careful about like things I say online or things I say in public forum and things like that. So I, but I had committed to doing this podcast and I had already put my face on it. So <laughs> I definitely learned to really just let go and be comfortable being the same person that I am like around my group of, of friends, just out in the world of the internet. So that was a big thing for me because um, at first that was really difficult. I was very, very nervous about that. Like I would talk to my husband and I would be like, oh my gosh, you know, I said this thing on the episode and he would be like, you would have said that if we was in the kitchen. And I'm like, I know, but now people like heard me say it. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, but I really learned to just kind of be like, this is my opinion. I stand on it, put it out there and whoever got an issue with it, got an issue with it I don't know so that would be my biggest takeaway I think yeah I would say mine is the complete opposite because I am an open book and so I tell all my business y'all all of it if you follow me <laughs> on Instagram I'm always telling my business I'm always screenshotting some of my text messages I'm telling all my business and so it really dawned on me when uh, somebody had asked me that was trying to date me was like, I mean, I think you share a lot, a little bit more sometimes than other cast members. Like, is that is that a requirement of you? Like, are you going to share your entire life? And so I really had to look at that too. And it's like, why do I share everything? So on my own little journey to be like, you can tell some, you got to keep some. Um, but there are portions of my life that I do not have to share 
everything with. And I don't know why I've always mm-hmm. felt that I had to share my life to be like, oh, I'm an open book. Like, that's something I tell people all the time. I'm an open book. You know, know what you want to ask, what you want to ask, get what you want. But there are some things that don't have to be shared. So definitely mm-hmm. trying to find that balance that says, I don't got to tell everything. Um, but I have always done that. Like I said, even not having a podcast, my Instagram story, I always tell all my business, you know what I'm doing at all times of the day. Um, so being able to pull that back a little bit and probably find a journal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I need to be able to write some things down. Um, but I think for me, it is a little bit of a therapy because I can move on from stuff. Sometimes I feel like I do have to say it out loud and then I'm like, oop, done with that moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. so really trying to look at that in the pot and say, what all am I sharing? How much of myself am I bringing forward? Um, cause as you said too, like at the end of the day, now my face is out here and I'm people's bosses and shit. So (laughs) I'd be like, Oh, this is a lot. Um, so I think that I've tried to do some reflection on to find my happy medium. Um, And I always knew I was a perfectionist. So even though I'm not a podcaster, I was probably getting on my castmates' nerves sometimes about stuff being perfect, even though I don't know shit about podcasts. But I'm like, "Mm, that's a lot. So being able to just kind of go with the flow when I'm not 100% in control. And I think that'll probably help Mm -hmm. me in a lot of situations in life. Um, But being like, you know, we, we share this stage. This is not about me. If it's not perfect, that's fine. Other people have an opinion. Um, but I try to control every aspect of my life. And being having to share that um, for something that this is a group project, some days that would drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. But I made it. Yeah. You did. You did. I think that's good. And I think that you share. I mean, I do think that you share a lot. But I don't think <laughs> that you share anything that's, like, regrettable. Like, I don't think that you just be wild and even outside of this podcast, like even just on Instagram, like, I don't think that you just be like, wilding out on the internet. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think my life be wild in general, but for some reason, people think I'm funny and I just don't understand. Y'all be laughing at my pain because some shit do not be funny. Well, now that part, I may have to agree with the people, but I do think that you agree. I think it's good that you share. Oh, that you're funny. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I do think that, I think it's a good thing that you share a lot. I think it takes a lot of confidence to be able to share. Because that's really all it is. Like when you are for me, it's some of it is a privacy thing. Some of it is like, I don't want to like put myself out there that way. Mm-hmm. So I think. But it could be confidence and it could be a defense mechanism too. That's why I'm like, why, like, am I trying to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still trying to explore that. Again, May, I'm on some self-reflection. But yeah, why I feel the need to share everything. Like, if I was to go miss it on Instagram tomorrow, nobody would know. Nobody would care. Nobody would check on me. So why do I feel that I need to check in with y'all and tell y'all what the fuck I'm doing and eating? Every day. <laughs> mm, good point. We also learned though when when I say that we have no background in anything that is associated with the podcast, <laughs> the the literal only thing that we know how to do is talk. We yes. didn't know anything about audio, software, microphones, um, promoting the podcast, like how to put together, you know, a um what do we like the postings and things like that all the graphics the video content that we did like yes all of that I still don't know how to do 85% of the shit she just said okay Vishay does (laughs) all of that okay let's be honest (laughs) I don't know how to do anything I know how to post on stories of me talking so I I can do that but for the most part yes Vishay has held it down with these editing skills I don't know how to do none of this shit. If Vishay is sick a week, ain't no pot because Vishay is sick, period. <laughs> but the flip side of that is I don't know how to use Instagram. <laughs> so. She doesn't. 
I'd be like, take that down and put it up again and tag people. How do I do that? I'd be like, oh, God. Listen, I try my absolute best. When y'all see posts that don't have a whole lot going on, it's it's because I posted it. <laughs> and I just, I couldn't do the extra. It was, it was too much. I'd be like, can you screen record how you do that so that yeah. I can try? We so on it. we did we did good together though we worked we it out. Grown. We have grown. We have, but I think that we I think we've learned a lot. I'm excited to see what we learn next season too. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Okay. Oh, this this kind of goes to what we were talking about and sharing and oversharing. So this um, note comes from Ashley. Hey, Ashley girl. She says on the concept of privacy versus secrecy. I feel like the young man on Ready to Love is one step away from abuse. If you need that much control in a relationship, who's to say what's next? So she's talking about the episode that we did on secrecy versus privacy when we talked about um, people asking or at what level should people ask for like your passwords to all of your social media and your phone and what levels of privacy do you expect in a relationship and then what crosses over into secrecy so that's what side note wait a minute while we talk about sharing passwords and shit bitch you got on yeah come on my tv bitch i need that oh i gave you the i gave you the password to the tv i didn't know i could put that in the own app i'm about to do that in a minute let me go back to my messages sorry continue yes have you been watching magnum pi on my tv no what the heck is that Oh, somebody was watching it, Mark asked. I said it might be you. <laughs> no, that's not like porn. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Anyways, back to back to Ashley's question and, and basically her statement and saying that that is one step away from abuse. I definitely think it's controlling. Yeah. And abuse comes in many forms. You know, mm-hmm. ab- not all abuse is physical. Abuse can also be mental and emotional and things like that. Um I, I, I'd say at a minimum, it's absolutely controlling what he was asking for. Yeah, I was going to say exactly that. It's absolutely controlling. And so I agree with her statement where she's like, what's next? If you're trying to control that, what are you controlling next? Are you checking my speedometer to make sure it's only 12 miles between here and my job and I did 14 miles? Like, this is a lot. And yeah, if you're mm-hmm. controlling to that aspect and you can no longer control something, what happens next? Do you exit their relationship? Is there verbal abuse? God forbid it goes any further than that. Um, but yeah, he, he cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I agree. I agree. Are you going to watch Ready to Love on OWN now? I am. I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it for real. Okay. Maybe tonight. Okay. So yeah, I, I agree with you, sis. Absolutely controlling could tiptoe over into abuse, especially it could be one of those first red flags of behavior that, you know, you need to keep your eyes open for. So I agree. Mm-hmm. What we got next back? All righty. Let's see. Congratulations to the ladies of your favorite Girls Next Door podcast. What an amazing season. Great listens. Great combos. I love it. My question is, at what point... Do you give up on a relationship when it comes to cheating? How many times can you forgive? How many times can you forget? And at what point do you move on? Questions that need answers from my favorite girls next door. (laughs) So first of all, (laughs) I love the way he tried to phrase this. Like it was a well thought out question that the people needed to know about, you know, when to walk away and to respect themselves as a young king. But I 100% think that he's really trying to ask, can he cheat? <laughs> how many no, no, times? no. No, the question is not, can he cheat? It's how many times? How can many times cheat? can I cheat without her walking away to be like, I respect myself? Oh my God. So (laughs) I'm going to say this again. Everybody is different. I'm not going to say that I have not stuck with somebody that has cheated before. We have all worn a clown face. I I used to live in a circus, bitch. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) So the proper answer is you cheat once. And if that person decides to take you back, 
you better be grateful to God, Buddha, Allah, um, whoever you pray to. And you better pray to some extra people just to be on the safe side. I was going to say, you might want to just throw a few extra ones in there. Throw a few extra people in there because that's a blessing. Okay. If you do that shit again, she got every right to come upside your head and leave. And take everything with her. Get that bread, get that head, then leave. Didn't we talk about that? Get, get your shit and leave. So, yeah, one time. And that's not, again, for anybody that's listening, that may be my future husband. That is not me saying you get a pass. Like, ooh, Becky said, we get one time. No, baby, because you're going to come against somebody and meet your match one day. My future husband, you may come against me, and that one time, I leave your ass. So, if you so happen to get caught up in the flesh, as the Bible say, you get caught up in the flesh, um, you better pray and never do that shit again, ever again. And if your person takes you back, that's a strong woman or man, um, and you need to worship the ground and walk on forever as Cardi B, forever, ever, ever. Listen. <laughs> You know what? And he asked like four questions within that. And I really only remember the how many times can you cheat question. Exactly. He did. What What else he asked? Well, do, before you walk away. Basically, he did. He did try to phrase it appropriately. Where it's like, you know, at what point do you put yourself first and be like, I do not deserve this? That's basically what he was asking. I think that, and I've always thought this, when you get tired enough, you will leave. And when you're mm-hmm. not tired enough, you won't leave. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. If you claim you're so tired, but you still are with that person, you ain't tired enough. Mm-hmm. When you get tired enough, you will leave. I don't know how many times that is for each individual person. I Prayerfully, you don't get cheated on at all. I think that's the goal. That is but the goal. <laughs> let's just not you know eliminate that as an option. But when you get tired enough, and that's not just cheating, that's Anything that makes you unhappy in a relationship. When you get tired enough of it, you will leave. It won't matter what nobody else says, what they say, X, Y, and Z, whatever. When you get tired enough, you will leave. He did also ask about forgiving and forgetting, which I think is Mm -hmm. a very, very interesting point. Um, And I say that because I am of the belief that you can forgive someone and forget them at the same time. <laughs> I forgive you and I will not be returning. That does not mean I don't forgive you. Right. That just means that I am no longer in a space where that type of behavior is acceptable. You have exhibited that you, you know, conduct that type of behavior. I am excusing myself from the situation. I don't think it has to be a forgive and forget, mm-hmm. but I think that, when you have forgiven someone, if you choose to stay, if you don't do the forgive and forget at the same time, and you choose to just forgive and stay where you at, then you have to actually forgive. And that doesn't mean that the past experience doesn't impact how you continue to move in that relationship. But it does mean that if you are saying, I forgive you, and we're going to move forward, that we don't need to revisit this every three days. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I would say don't, the only time you forget it, I would say, is if you're removing yourself from the situation. But you need to remember that this happened. You need to remember how it made you feel if it happens again. But you can't keep bringing that shit up. Right. Forgive them and, and keep it moving. But you can't, you can't just completely forget it either because that shit happened. So, but you can't just keep bringing it up. So if you're going to forgive, forgive, pray about it, tuck that shit in the vault that you hopefully have to never go back to. Um, But if you do have to go back one day, you remember that this shit happened before and you decided to stay in this situation. So now you need to make the best decision for you now that you've dipped back into the vault. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So the moral of the story is let's just not cheat. Let's just not cheat. I don't want that to get lost in the conversation. Right. And you know what? And I feel bad because I place judgment. This young king, maybe he was a person get cheated on. Maybe he needed to know when he needs to walk away. So I think moral of the story is put yourself first, always and forever. 
if you put in yourself first and that means that you are continually getting cheated on and you want to walk away, walk away. Do what's best for you. Okay. Live your life. When for you, you get tired enough, you will. You will leave. You will leave. Mm. All right. Let's do the next one. So our next comment comes from Christy. Hey, Christy. And she says, I feel like when black women don't shy away from fully enjoying luxury experiences or indulging in higher quality goods, their question about what they're doing to get it and how they're able to afford it, etc. It's as if black people are always viewed as poor and should be modest. We shouldn't lower ourselves to make others feel comfortable. I want black people to unapologetically live and experience luxury to not feel like they have to explain and or validate what they do or don't do to be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. How do you think black people can own their luxury lifestyle without comparing or explaining how they made it there? Mm. That's a hard one. Um, because as we talked about on that episode of, you know, having luxury, Social media, people do look to social media and feel like those are things that they need. It's it's a, definitely a world of comparison. Mm-hmm. But you have to figure out what works for you. And that may not be what works for everybody else. As we said before, I have friends that, you know, they like Chanel bags. I still walk a coach. I know y'all have graduated from coach. That's fine. But if the purse is cute, I'm going to wear it. Um, I like coach. You know, that's just what it is. So I think it's definitely trying to, it it goes back to kind of what we said earlier, where we talked about, we talked about confidence. You have to have the confidence to say that I look good. All these rappers out here talking about some, I could fit designer, but this Fashion Nova fit. Bitch, this Fashion Nova comes straight from China for $2, okay? If you got the confidence to wear your Fashion Nova, wear your Fashion Nova. If you want to wear a Gucci belt, wear your Gucci belt. Also, not if your teeth is fucked up, but that's another point. Um, <laughs> but Lord I Jesus. think it is, it, yeah, it just goes to confidence, not comparing yourself to others. Now, if there are people that are fashionable that you were like, I like that, I want that because I like these objects, sure. But don't look to social media and people's picture of this Gucci belt and think that's what you need because they could have a Gucci belt and they could be living in a studio apartment with no furniture do what works for you and yes i agree everybody needs to have luxury but everybody's luxury is not the same literally find what works for you luxury could be getting your nails done as we said getting your hair done every two weeks rocking some christian louboutins but do what works for you but this whole social media flex it's got it's gonna have to stop and, and it's not, it's not, it's going to have to stop, but it's not going to stop. So you need to take that into your own hands to be like, I'm not out here trying to live like this person on social media. I'm trying to live my best, healthy, happy life. And that includes going for long walks and taking bubble baths, period. Do you, sis, do you? I want to focus on the portion that she talked about. Um, it's as if Black people... She didn't use these exact words, but it's as if black is synonymous with poor and modest. Mm -hmm. And I see that a lot, especially when dealing with non-black people. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the season with lovely Mimi talking about everything that she's done for the black community, Mm -hmm. which I'm not even going to go back down that road. Right. But black and poor are not synonymous. And we know this because there are very successful black celebrities and not even celebrities, just very successful black people, entrepreneurs, moguls, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that I see that often with non-black people that they just lump that together, like disenfranchised, poor people of color, black, like all that means the same thing to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, I think that there is a point to be made with that. And I also think that, Sometimes people are just nosy and sometimes it's hating and sometimes it's, you know, I just want to pick at whatever it is you're doing so I can have an opinion on it. And sometimes folks just want to be in your business. Mm -hmm. So if they see you doing something that out of what they would consider the quote unquote ordinary for you, 
then they just want to be in your business and know what it's about. I think that in those cases, like, fuck them. I don't have nothing for you. I don't have to explain anything to you, whatever the case may be. I do think, and I don't think that this is the point that Christy was making, but just aside from that, I do think that as a community, we could really do a lot to really teach people about how we have built wealth Mm -hmm. um, for, for people that are very successful and have done very incredible things. I think we could do a lot to teach other people how we build wealth because that's how you get group economics and that's how we lift as a community. Um, I don't think that's what she was saying. She was saying people be in your business. But <laughs> I do think that <laughs> I do think that as a community, that's something that we could definitely do as well um, to elevate just telling, talking to people about the steps that we took to make it to where we are. Um, I'm saying we, like, I got all this money. The steps that y'all rich people took to make it to where y'all at. <laughs> Pour that into me, please. Um, Pour that into me. Yes. But also... With what you were saying, though, how we can do this to, you know, elevate the race as a whole is it's not a you or me. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. And I'm not going to say that I have always seen that, but I have seen that a few times in life. It's not a you or me, especially I would say sometimes in like southern states, some of them, not all of them, um, where Mm -hmm there are fewer black people in certain areas and you're the token. So like in my first job, I was a token. So the white people latched onto me and I was a token that that's just, that's what it was. So if another black person came around, I wasn't threatened because it's like, Oh, I'm the token. They like me because I'm the educated black girl. I want that other person to be right there with me. Now, now we 50 cent. Mm -hmm. We went from quarter. Now it's more of (laughs) a, So bring it together. But I see that happening all too many times where we don't help each other. I, I've mm-hmm. had that recently where I went to a whole black conference and I felt like I'm like, oh, I'm around black people and asking, like, can we network? Can we? I'm like begging people to go to lunch. I'm like, this shit is fucking ridiculous. And then I meet this white lady and she's like, oh, you want to go to lunch? Let's talk about this. Let's do that. And I'm like, it'd be your own people. Um, again, I'm not going to write off all black people, but in my experience, I have seen that where it's that almost like it's her or me mentality. It's not. We can all eat. We can all come to the table and eat. So bring other people mm-hmm. to the table and let's share this. But we got to let that mentality go. And I don't know where the fuck that came from. Like, I, I don't know where that came from. That slave days, like, it's me or him. We going to get off the plantation. I can't worry about y'all. No, I want everybody to get off the plantation. Let's all run. We, we going together. If we all run up in the house shooting up mass with them, they can't catch us off. So... <laughs> how this just turned into a slave runaway movie i'm i'm not entirely sure but i don't know uh, i got i get yeah. so that i would say that is how we you know separate poor with black and that we are helping each other and helping our community and giving back yep that and buy black bank black support black like all of those things Mm -hmm. fall into the category of um just elevation Elevation, and and making sure that we like you said that we all eat but i'm i am gonna say though (laughs) now this may be a downhill this may be unpopular opinions okay i'm all for supporting small businesses i'm all for supporting black businesses but you do not get a break because you're a black business if I go to Sally's restaurant and Sally's service is not rude, it don't take an hour to get my food, it comes out hot and the service is good, that's what I expect from Sally. So when I come over here to a Black-owned restaurant, I expect that same thing. Now, when that does not happen, not to say it doesn't always, I'm just saying, say that does not happen, then people are like, they Black, you need to give them another chance. Why? Because I do the same thing for the white people, and I write them a review on Yelp. So the Black people, I might have saved you a Yelp review, but I'm also done with you. So there are no handouts here to be just because you're Black, like you family, like you love people in your family that's wrong. That's your family. We Yes, all Black people, I support y'all. I want y'all to be great. But there are some, you need to hold yourself to a higher standard as well. Like, I'm, I'm not just going to sit here and continue to patronize you and spend my money on you. 
when I'm not getting quality service or quality goods? So I'm going to, um, I have a reaction to that. I, I, think I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you that anytime you are spending your money, you are expecting one, the product that you pay for and B, you're expecting a certain level of quality, customer service, timeliness, whatever the case may be, depending on where you at. If it's a restaurant, if it's a product, if it's whatever. I totally agree with that. I also agree that you do not have to, or you should not feel obligated to continue to patronize places that have shown you that they do not meet your level of expectation. I agree with that as well. Mm -hmm. This is where I, this is where I differ a little bit. I think that when we go to, in your example, Sally's, and we say we had a great dinner at Sally's, it was good. But then we go to maybe a black owned restaurant and, you know, in your example, you're like, maybe it wasn't good. We attribute the black owned restaurant to being black owned and not to Johnny or whoever is running the black restaurant. Like the response is then, it's why I don't support black businesses. It's why I don't, you know, because when I come to black places, y'all ain't never, y'all always out of shit. Y'all ain't never got whatever, da, 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 da. If some shit go wrong with Sally's, we don't stop eating at all white establishments. We just say, I don't fuck with Sally's no more. When stuff goes wrong with black business, I'm not saying that you're doing this, mm-hmm. but what I've seen is when things go wrong with black businesses, we attribute it to it being a black business. And I think that that is a failed model. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, I think we also have to recognize that two things. One, the economy of scale. So if you order something on Amazon, it is going to get to you much faster than if you order something from your homegirl. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Amazon got distribution centers. They got millions of niggas working for them. They let people drop off stuff in Camrys from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Like they don't care who's making these deliveries no more. They just got folks out dropping stuff off. Your homegirl is you know, possibly putting these packages together in her living room. It's just her. She getting that shit together as fast as she can. She only going to pay for ground shipping because that's all you're going to pay for is ground shipping. So it's going to get to you when it gets to you. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one thing. I think also like chains as well. And I think we've come to accept a level of poor service from certain places. Like we've all been to McDonald's and the ice cream machine didn't work, but nobody says like, I'm never going to McDonald's again. Y'all niggas ain't never got shit. We just keep going to McDonald's and asking if the fucking ice cream machine is working and they keep fucking saying no and then we keep coming back. So I think that... But that's also because the one day that we get ice cream, that should be good. Now, if it ain't, so if I got it at the restaurant that one time, I can't say that, that shit's good. That's a fair point. I'm just saying we have to give that same level of grace that we give to other establishments and we have to stop attributing negative experiences to them being a black business. Like mm-hmm. it may have just, they may just not, maybe the food just ain't good because it ain't good. It's not because it's a black business right. or maybe you didn't get whatever quality of service because of that particular establishment, but it's not because they're a black business. And I think the more that we pour into black businesses the better that they can do things like economies of scale and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that we have a collective responsibility there as well. We do. We do. But you don't get that was in a whole different direction that, you know, it works. That that's what happens when you be talking. It just, you go from one thing to the next. You do. But I agree. I agree. I don't think that you should be obligated to patronize places that you have continually had bad experiences with. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, those are all of our questions and write-ins. We appreciate y'all sending stuff in and um, engaging with us in that way. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Like I said, just the gratitude that we have for you guys that have rocked with us all season or coming back next season. We've truly appreciated. This has been a fun ride, um, but this is just the beginning. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if I can beg you for something else, not because I'm a black business, but because our product is good. 
share our podcast to your homegirls. If you listen to it every day, tell your friends. Just right when you listen to this right now, hit that share button and just send it to all your group chats. They may not respond, but maybe they'll click on it and be like, what they talking about? Do that for us, please. We appreciate it. And make sure you leave us a review. Five stars only. Five stars only. Yes. But we're not done yet. We promised y'all a Real Housewives recap. So we're going to come back with our Neighborhood Watch and get into this three-part Good Jesus uh, recap of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. We'll be back. Bye. Bye. All right. So this week for Neighborhood Watch, we're just going to focus on this three-part Real Housewives of Atlanta um, reunion because it was long. And it's three parts long as fuck and so we just don't have time for nothing else today (laughs) so we go focus on for this neighborhood watch report and it's very fitting you know we had our reunion we're gonna talk about their reunion and we're gonna wrap it up so for me the biggest takeaway from this season as someone that has stopped watching real housewives of atlanta for a while just reintegrated is that with the exception of cynthia who just be on the show. And Candy, who I absolutely love. All the rest of y'all are throwing stones from glass houses. And y'all are throwing them very hard yeah. at each other's other glass houses. You have Kenya talking about how she, with this whole Bolo situation with Portia and how she feels like it's justifiable because they're at work and it's now a storyline and this, this, that, and the third. Which, okay, y'all, whatever. But then also mad that people are bringing up stuff while y'all are at work, conversations that y'all are having. You don't like the fact that people don't like you, but you just said that this is basically a job and it's all for a storyline. So everybody's at work. Everybody's at work, bitch. Stones at glass houses. Same with them getting on Kenya about that stupid ass Halloween costume she wore when they had on Halloween costumes that were very similar. <laughs> Did nobody Wait, think Portia's this sister had that on, not Portia. That don't got nothing to do with her. That is a fair point, but in this case, Portia's sister lives in the glass house with her. Okay. <laughs> so her and Drew, both of y'all, glass houses and th- and throwing stones, which brings me to Drew, who likes to insert herself into drama that A, ain't got shit to do with her, and B, don't nobody really fucking care about. Not at all. I thought I liked Drew, but she... She was working hard for her peach. So she, you already got a peach. Chill. Chill. I think Chill. that maybe she was trying to, because my, my initial thought was your storyline has enough going on with your husband and his mystery chip, trips and your son and his old daddy and new daddy and all this other kind of stuff. But maybe midway through the season, she decided to like deflect from her own family and make her storyline about what these other women had going on. Yeah, I guess maybe she thought hers wasn't that interesting, but I think that it was. She she was who she was. Um, but the deflection, I just can't. Like I said, we've talked about her, whatever. But from the reunion, the one thing I cannot get past is when she backtracks it all, basically, and it's like, profit lot is a false prophet. So you wanted a false prophet praying over your baby. <laughs> girl girl what like what 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 did that even come from again because we we couldn't understand why she was so upset over this baby thing and then we learned that as andy said there were other prophets pulling out of the prophet community (laughs) they didn't want to come so i was like okay if that even makes sense which i think is a lie now but then she's like, she was really standing her ground. Whenever I was like, what, what, what? She's like, yes, it's a real thing. False prophets. And I'm like, you just dug yourself further into a hole. Go, Just go back and worry about your old daddy and new daddy and where your husband's at. I, I don't understand. And if he's a false prophet, which, okay, I thought only the Lord can determine. It, that ain't going to do me. Listen, if he's a false prophet, what's that got to do with Toya? What the fuck do I got to do with anybody but him and God? <laughs> that ain't really got shit to do with your baby, if we're being all the way honest. The it Lord ain't going to punish your baby for him being a false prophet. Hello. Hello. I just feel like with that situation, with the situation um, when they went to on Kenya's trip 
and Kenya had that private jet that she specifically told Drew not to say nothing about. And Drew felt the need to insert herself into that drama as well. Why? Why? Like you're creating chaos for yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that is. makes it difficult for me to feel bad for you. Yeah. Because I cannot with her. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand. You think she'll be back next season? I think she will because she did. She kept the pot going a little bit. And her and Toya decided to be friends. So hmm. we'll see where that goes, which again, that'll last for all of five minutes. Because Toya's definitely coming back. As annoying as that bitch is, she makes Oh, good she's TV. absolutely coming back. She makes good TV. She's cute and she makes good TV. She's, she's definitely annoying. coming back. Oh, she's, sick. she's awful. She's not as annoying as Kenya, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, also, Portia, in her conversation with Kenya, where Kenya was basically like, what did I ever do to you specifically? Like, what is your issue with me? And Portia saying, you know, I saw how you moved with other people. I decided I wanted to fall back from the friendship. I took away two things from that. One, I think that Kenya's feelings were really hurt. I think think we all know that Kenya does not handle emotion well. But I think that she thought that they had maybe buried whatever this hatchet was. And then when Portia, quote unquote, started to fall back from the friendship, I think that Kenya's feelings were hurt and she went on a rampage. Now, does that still make her absolutely bonkers? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But I think that that's what happened. I mean, I guess her feelings could be hurt. But she was going to fuck it up regardless if Portia fell back or not because she's bonkers. So that's the way I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I just do not I just, like her. <laughs> Literally. No. She is a mis- she is the epitome of a miserable person. Literally like, miserable. She is miserable. And to be honest, there's a lot of other things that people have done and she's not the only, you know, real housewives villain, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that she's also miserable. And I understand what Portia was saying in that I understand what Kenya was saying in that I never did anything to you, but I understand what Portia was saying in that if I see you behave a certain way around other people that you claim to be friends with or that I am friends with, I also will not want to associate myself with you. Okay. I'm not going to wait until the snake bites me to be like, oh, fuck, it's a snake. To see the snake like- <laughs> biting everybody else. The fuck? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like, no. Which is so, so crazy. I respect that. You have every right to protect your peace. And that was Portia protecting her peace. Granted, she pissed off the bear in protecting her peace. So it caused (laughs) more drama. But she has every right to do that. And if we was grown motherfuckers, you could let bygones be bygones. But because you're a villain, you're not. She's miserable. King is miserable, bruh. Like, that shit has to be... That shit has to be miserable. I also think that Candy's speak on it gives you way more information than you will ever get in any of these reunions, any of these episodes. <laughs> Candy be giving so much context to the bullshit that be going on on this show. I was like, we should have just watched this. I right. could have skipped the whole season and just watched speak on it. Yeah, I watch it sometimes. Sometimes I just be over it. But I feel, I kind of understand both sides with Candy where she don't be wanting to insert herself into some stuff. Like when Marlo was like, but you knew, Candy was like, look, this this didn't have shit to do with me though. Like I, I'm right. not, if you wanted to cause this drama, you cause the drama, but don't bring me in it. Um, right. So I, I get Candy from that side, but then I also get where it's like, well, girl, but you knew all this was going on. You could have just squashed it and said what the situation was or just talk to Portia and maybe they did, but we didn't see that. So right. if I was her, I would have pulled Portia to the side and been like, all right, bitch. I heard y'all and they're fucking, okay? I might have mentioned to Marlo that y'all was fucking because I thought that you and Marlo was friends. Just to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Candy was trying to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. She had the conversation, like you said, with Marlo because they were all under the impression that the cameras 
when the crew left, the cameras went off. What happened after that was going to be amongst quote unquote friends, which I still think Portia is done for that because Kenya ain't never been your friend as you have clearly stated more than once. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, I think that Candy was like, I'm going to have this conversation so we can kiki about what happened, not necessarily so that it can end up on the show. Exactly. Although she did have that conversation with Don Juan, like, on the show so i don't know but she said that she had a conversation with don juan and kenya was there and they had kind of already talked about it and the producers cut most of that out <laughs> also candy oh. don't be giving a fuck about throwing bravo under the bus she'd be like she oh, absolutely no, does not y'all cut that shit out that's how it happened <laughs> like she i'm gonna tell y'all what absolutely happened here. does not she don't give a fuck she gonna say what she wanna say period and that's why speak on it is way better than anything you're gonna get on the episode or in the reunion Agreed. Agreed. What else? Are we going to leave this? Um, are we going to leave this recap of Real Housewives without talking about Portia and her new engagement? Oh, absolutely not. And y'all know, oh, okay. y'all know, I ride for Portia. I fucking ride for P. Okay, I love Miss P. But baby, this pussy popping in the headstand that you doing for Simon <laughs> is not gonna work for me, P. This, I'm, I'm waiting to get punked. I'm being punked. I know I am. I think I am. I hope I am. I pray for P and baby PJ. We being punked here. I'm also a little bit upset that I did not meet Simon in this month of divorce because I could have had a bag. But that's beside the point. Because <laughs> <laughs> Fallon is not my friend. But Portia, no. It's you met Simon and Fallon through Dennis. Fallon, yes. when she appeared on the show, her name says Fallon. Portia's friend. which i do think is some bullshit i do actually believe portia because fallon said this as well they're not really friends they bravo does that when they want to introduce somebody into the show they got to have a reason to have them the fuck there like i had told you earlier i started watching real housewives in new york because my girl ebony k williams is on there and i'm very excited and they introduced her as one of the other castmates friends but then the other castmate even said like I've met her through other people. Like she seems cool. Like in no way did it come off. Like this is my home girl, but they have to have a reason to invite her over to whatever house, you know, to get her. So I do believe that they were not actually quote unquote friends per se, but y'all definitely knew each other through each other's husbands. Uh huh. That man just got divorced three hours ago. And it's not even final. Fallon posted today and she was like, thank you for the people reaching out to me. I'm just working on finalizing my divorce and moving forward. Exactly. So I hesitated on if I was going to say this or not, but I'm just going to say it. I saw a comment that said, I think that Portia is with child. And I don't normally engage in that because then you, Mm. I I think it's, it's loaded. It's loaded. But it seems like Dennis is cool with it. Like Dennis is, Child. Dennis don't seem to have a problem. And that's his friend. Or I and don't that's know. That's his friend. Child. They know each other. As what, what the blogs say, they know each other from being business owners. I don't know no other business people from being a business owner, but okay. Maybe they going <laughs> to the Better Business Bureau meetings or something. The Chamber of Commerce. Girl. <laughs> I just, that whole thing is just it, messy. It's messy. I I don't support it. The only reason I think that there may be something to this whole her being pregnant thing is because if they really are just dating, even if they are now engaged, which is also nuts, but neither here nor there. Even if that is true, you all didn't have to tell people that right now and you knew what the optics would be. You knew the optics. So either you're telling people because there are other subsequent announcements that are going to come in later months down the road or because there's a reason you didn't even tell us that y'all were dating. Right. And Portia also has no problem. She's on a reality show. She has no problem telling people what her business is. Mm -hmm. So there's like, there's a reason that you're telling us this now. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, child. It's a mess. But Kenya's going to have a field day with that, baby. Kenya's going to have a good time. She already posted something about some um, 
what she say? I wasn't lying or something. I, I don't really know what she was talking about. But I was like, okay, girl, I still don't like you. Regardless. Because you, you're still miserable. You're still miserable. You're still miserable. Other people's actions do not negate the fact that you are still, You're still in miserable. fact miserable. Indeed. Indeed. But I'll be back for next season, child, because it's going to be juicy. And I hope Fallon come back with her own storyline. Because I need Ooh. the tea. Mm, I'd be interested in it. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens what happens on next season, child. Nene commented, too. Nene was like... <laughs> Well, first she commented, congratulations. And then she commented, she was like, oh, I didn't really know what was going on. I just saw that there was love and I was excited. It's like, okay. Hmm? Well, yeah, we going to tune back in for next season. Probably about the time that y'all going to tune back in for our season two. Okay. We going <laughs> to see y'all. Yes, but I guess this is, I guess this is the end. I know. Yeah. Oh, man here but this was a lot of fun yes oh beck said bye all right well don't forget to like rate subscribe my bad (laughs) give us five stars and we won't be back next week but we will be back for season two so y'all keep a lookout listen to some old episodes in the meantime i'm sure we'll pop up on social media between now and then to check in on the neighborhood, see how everybody's doing. But this has been this has been fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. That's a wrap on season one. Bye. Bye. Go home, Roger.